Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Dale Gibbons. Dale began his career in the aerospace industry in 1987. The first 18 years of his now 33-year career was in corporate America with firms like GE, Compaq, EDS, and Manpower, Inc. After reaching the executive ranks and growing tired of climbing the corporate ladder, Dale took the road less traveled and in 2005 acquired a small struggling technology firm. While applying his passion for leadership and entrepreneurship, he reinvented the business, which is now ranked fourth on the business first list of 50 largest Louisville, Kentucky area technology firms and has made in the Inc. magazine list of fastest growing private small businesses in the U.S. Dale sold his business in 2015 and now helps small business owners write themselves bigger paychecks. He lives in Southern Indiana on a small firm with his wife, Tabitha. They've been married 28 years and have two boys, Nick 27 and Nathan 22, and an Aussie doodle named Dutch. Welcome to the podcast, Dale. Hi, Gigi. Good to see you. Good to, good to chat with you again. Likewise. Now, why don't you start off by telling us how, about you and where you're from? Well, you know, as you mentioned, I'm from Southern Indiana here, uh, just north of Louisville, Kentucky. And um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've been here most of my life with the exception of about seven years living overseas during my, you know, my corporate life. Uh, and um, I, I lived in four different countries and had four different addresses. I mean, they weren't just sort of, you know, I passed through for a couple of weeks. I was there for, <laughs> for a haul. And uh, yeah, the last country was Brazil. Our oldest son was actually born there. And um, yeah, we came back in 94. He was speaking Portuguese at the age of three, but he doesn't, he doesn't speak it anymore. We didn't keep that going, unfortunately. Now, do you speak Portuguese as well, Dale? I would say, yes, I would say it's serviceable Portuguese. So I can definitely have a conversation in, uh, in Portuguese with my Brazilian friends. And it's a lot of fun. Actually, I was at the doctor the other day, or I was on the phone. It was a Zoom call with a doctor, and she was thinking and counting, and she was doing it in Portuguese. And I said, "Wait a minute! Did you just did you just count in Portuguese?" And she was really stunned by that because not many people recognize the language. So it's kind of interesting. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely amazing. Now, Dale, you have three business and money principles. One being small business marketing during the pandemic. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, sure. You know, small business marketing during the pandemic is um, it's it's not too much different than it is when we're not in a pandemic. However, the pandemic separates the um, my farmer that I used to work for used to say it separates the sheep from the goats. I'm not real sure what that really meant, but <laughs> that's what he used to say. So I, I suppose it really means it it's sort of uh, this natural culling in a way, you know, because uh, when we have really challenging times of crisis like this, which is really unprecedented in our lifetime, my lifetime even, um, it, you know, it, it, does, it does separate the people who really are good at marketing and those who are just getting by. It, it really does. It makes a difference. I agree. And your second principle is business owner psychology and taking off the head trash. Can you explain mm -hmm. that? Yeah, yeah. Taking out the head trash—that is a mighty important daily ritual. Um, I think that 
that probably is the highest priority one. I, I, yeah, now that I think about it, it's probably the highest priority one because it's so easy to, to, to let self doubt and, you know, the enemy from within and the enemy in the world, quite frankly, to cause us to second guess ourselves. And, um, you know, that's, that's, um, that's the head trash I'm talking about. It's the conversation going on in our mind. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever read Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meeting. You know, Viktor Frankl is a, a Holocaust survivor. And I think one of the main takeaways in his book was of all the crazy things and unspeakable things that happened to him, there's one thing that the enemy could not take from him. And that was his ability to choose what he thought about his circumstances. And... I think that choice, he said, happiness and success lies in that nanosecond, that little space between stimulus and response. And when we think about what's happening in our businesses and even what's happening in our country, in our world, boy, that's where the lesson is. Um, you know, um, what happens at any given moment and how we respond to it determines the outcomes that we experience. And so that's what I mean by take out the head trash. Amen. And it's very important to maintain a positive mindset. Would you agree? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, we're, uh, you know, we're either in a, you know, we're either in an upward spiral emotionally and psychologically, or we're in a downward spiral. Spiral. We're typically never in a neutral place. Uh, we're always moving one way or the other. And uh, we're all susceptible to it. So I, you know, I work really hard. I work from uh, my home here and with my wife and my, you know, we got two dogs and a cat. <laughs> so this pandemic, you know, social distancing wasn't new to me before this little thing started. Um, I kind of batched my trips and things like that. And, um, but the point is, is that especially when you work, work in sort of an isolated sort of mode and you're by yourself a lot uh, and you only see people like I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing and talking with you, um, we have to work on that psychology. So I'll take breaks. I'll listen to positive music. I, I make a point to limit my news intake because there's nothing happy on the news, generally speaking. Um, so that, that's important. It's important to uh, be very careful about what we let inside our mind. Thank you for sharing that with us, Dale. Mm -hmm. And now your third principle is cash flow improvement and management. Can you explain that to us? Sure. Most most businesses and most people and most families really get into trouble um, more often than not for cash flow reasons. So if we just think about a, a business, for example, uh, profit and cash flow are two very, very different things. I mean, you can you can be a profitable business and, and be out of business because of cash flow problems. I mean, I remember one year. Um, the technology business that you mentioned uh, in, you know, in your intro there, uh, we posted a, we posted a uh, 900 and just short of a million, $950,000 profit. Um, but we had to write a check. Uh, and this was just poor tax planning on our part. We had to write a check for well over $300,000. So we were, a, a we, we had a million dollar profit on our income statement, but after we had to pay all the taxes and stuff like that, we had a cash flow problem, <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous and very discouraging. So that was a huge lesson. And, and I had a, uh, I, on top of that, I had a bookkeeper 
um, I'll just call her Mrs. Sticky Fingers. She embezzled uh, tens of thousands of dollars from, from us and that put us in a cash flow problem. So between those two things, I learned the hard way, which unfortunately I tend to, that's how I seem to learn things. Um, I learned the hard way that cash flow management is absolutely the key. So I actually developed a system and wrote a book. It's, uh, it's uh, on Amazon on, on that topic, on, on cash flow management for both your business and your personal uh, finances. What is the title of your book, Dale? Uh, the title of the book is called Master Your Money in Seven Days. And, and uh, correct. What's that? It can be found on Amazon. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. It's a very easy read, nothing complex about it uh, for two reasons. Well, really for one, because it's easy to write that way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I mean, it really is a, an easy read. It's a short parable kind of written in, uh, you know, really easy to, easy to read language. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Now, Dale, what has given you the most joy and fulfillment in your life? Oh, easy. Uh, having a personal relationship with God uh, and number one, uh, through Jesus Christ. Uh, I know, you know, that can be an, that can be a charged topic for folks, but um, that's the truth. The second thing is my family, my wife and my two sons and uh, being entrusted to, uh, you, you know, being entrusted by God to raise two of his children, two young men who were, you know, just, just doing great. And, and mostly because of my wife of now 30 years, which is a total testament to her uh, patience and tenacity and grit. <laughs> I love it. And can you tell me more about your faith, Dale? Sure. More about my faith. Wow. That could take up the rest of our time here. Um, yes. W one of the things that we are missing is I, I think one of the things, uh, Gigi, that um, people are missing and I think they're hungry for is number one, truth, and number two, leadership. And for me, uh, truth and leadership, I find, I find it in the Bible. Um, I, think, I think Jesus uh, is the ultimate leader um, and, and the ultimate example of how to lead. Um, you know, it's not a, it's, I know it's not a politically correct thing to say or to do, but I don't really care. The truth is the truth. And, um, you know, you know, uh, you know, you're, you, you know, you're speaking the truth when you get a whole lot of pushback and a whole lot of, uh, uncomfortable, uh, response. There's, there's a pretty good chance that, that you're sneaking up on the truth when that happens. And so, uh, faith is important to me for sure. Um, I know that when we, you know, when this life is finished and we open our life, we open our eyes to the one that comes next, uh, all of the business stuff and everything and uh, all of that's it's, none of it's in and of itself is going to matter. Um, there's no language barrier. There's no color barrier. There's none of that where, you know, where, where we're going here. And, um, uh, I, I think that perspective is really important. It is for me, you know, as I, as I build my business. So I just don't, I just don't um, make a big deal out of the, the, the small things, you know? Amen. I love it. And now Dale, how did you make the decision, decision to choose the vocation that you did? And did you pivot at some point and start something new? Well, I made the decision 
to, that's a great question. I made the decision to do what I did. Well, first of all, I was, um, I've been writing this post, uh, Gigi, um, about, especially since the first time, um, since the last time we talked, which was an interesting conversation as you might remember. Yeah, um, and I really appreciate you for the, giving me, uh, giving me time and your insight and things like that. It was hugely helpful. I, I've talked to you, I've talked to my wife so much about you and she's, she wants to, she wants to meet you herself. But, um, I was, I've been writing this uh, post, I haven't published it yet, but I've been writing this post. Um, and, uh, it, the title I've given it so far is what privilege has taught me, but it's not the kind of privilege that most people think about on the news these days. Okay. So to give you an example, one of the things I was privileged with was being born to two teenagers who didn't finish high school. Uh, they eloped and didn't get a high school education and they worked in factories. The bills and the babies came pretty quickly and they worked in factories and they scrapped it together. And my dad was an alcoholic and um, I got to hear them uh, talk about money topics uh, inside using their outside voice, if you know what I mean. Yes, sir. And um, I realized that better, better choices mean better outcomes. And um, while I was and I was then and I remain proud of my parents are both gone now. They worked hard their whole life, uh, both of their lives, um, working for pretty low wages, really. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to do something different. And entrepreneurship was something I was always very interested in. My mom worked at a cap factory. They made ball caps and she sewed the bill on the ball caps. And <clears throat> there's always factory imperfections, you know, and they threw them in this gigantic cardboard box and my mom would bring them home occasionally for us. And um, my friends at school started asking me, hey, can I get one of those? Well, I had a little business going, right? I started <laughs> buying those. I started buying those from my mother wholesale. She'd pay 25 cents for them. And uh, I would sell them for a dollar at school. So I had, a, I had a, my first business, I had a 75% margin on. I was pretty proud of that. My overhead was pretty low, you know. So I got off my, uh, I'll never forget, I, I remember my mom um, handing me 35 cents for milk money for the week. And I remember telling her that I didn't need it anymore because I was making my own money. And I, and I was just very proud of that. And I felt like that was my way to contribute and help. And um, my mother did have to remind me, though, that, you know, even though I was making my own money, I still had to take my turn washing dishes. There was no way I was getting around that. And you so, did, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom had us washing dishes when we were so short and little. We had to stand in a kitchen chair to do it. So um we always said why don't we have a dishwasher and my mother would say well why do i need to do that i got three right here me and my two brothers so yeah so it was that that was my inspiration really is i i just wanted to uh i wanted to i i, I had this um this innate need and felt and feeling when i was younger that i needed to uh help my parents and that was one way to do it and um you know, decades later, uh, because of uh, some modest success, at least in business, I was able to uh, purchase my uh, the family farm here and uh, keep my parents in the home as long as they could physically stay here without, you know, hurting themselves or burning the place down. And so, uh, it's it's been a it's been a good decision. That is powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Dale. 
And now you mentioned that your father was an alcoholic growing up. Can you share your best advice to the audience of how to cope with that or and how to overcome it? Well, I don't know that I don't know that I'm the best person to but for advice, but I can tell you what I'll tell you what I did. Um, you know, my faith, uh, we've talked about this before. My faith is very important to me. So the, I learned that was one of the other privileges I had was to have an alcoholic dad. Uh, he wasn't mean at all. He was just, uh, he wasn't one of those mean alcoholics. He was just kind of silly, you know, and, and I didn't want to be around him because the man I revered wasn't there anymore when he was like that. And, um, and so it was very hurtful to see him that way and to, say some of the things he said and behave the way he behaved. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, I learned the power of forgiveness. And my, my dad actually, um, he stopped drinking when I had um, our second child um, here. He was born here. Our second child was born here in the U.S. Um, and my dad, he and my dad were, you know, very close when my son was a toddler. And I remember coming here, coming one day to visit. My dad was on one of his drunken stupors and my mother was just livid uh, as she usually was when that happened. And I put, the, I put the boys back in the car because I didn't want them to see him like that. And we drove home and I came back a few days later and I, when he was sober and I told him, I said, look, I love you. And I never had confronted him like this. I said, I love you, dad. I, you know, unconditionally, this has been a problem for our whole lives. I've never said anything to you about it uh, because I knew how to deal with it. Um, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure the boys do. And if you want to do that, that's your choice. I'm just not going to bring them around here and risk them seeing you like that. Um, and uh, he never drank after that ever. Uh, he actually quit drinking and smoking at the same time um, because he knew he wasn't, wasn't going to get to see his grandsons near as much and have the quality of, of uh, relationship that he wanted. And um, for him, in, in our case, that was enough to put the kibosh on that. Amen. That is very powerful. Thank you for sharing that and mm -hmm. how, you, how you overcame it as well. Thank you, Dale. Yeah. Now, did you experience an aha moment on your life journey? An aha moment on my life journey. Um, I've had so many aha moments. <laughs> Gee, I don't know if there's been just one. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the aha moments for me have been, um, have been a, a, an accumulation of maybe smaller moments where I've had mentors and I didn't even know that they were mentors at the time. I, I wasn't even aware of it at the time. Um, but I've, I've had mentors who, um, you know, really believed in me when I didn't. Um, you know, one of the privileges I had was I had the privilege of having a high school guidance counselor who told me I would never make it into a four-year school. And, um, and you know, that, that taught me that um, if I accept other people's opinion of me, uh, then I get to keep those limitations. And, and um, I had people around me, um, actually the wife of the, the farmer, I, one of the farmers I used to work for, her name was Ruby, and I called her Miss Ruby. I've spoken about her a lot in talks I've done. 
Um, and she was just wonderful. She, she had this brown Ford LTD with the compass on the dash back then. That was GPS in the 70s, you know, those little floating compasses. And she would drive us to, drive us to church and vacation Bible school and that thing. And we got, we got a, uh, we got, we got, we got a sermon in self-confidence every time we were in that, in that Ford LTD with her. And uh, she made sure that we, that I understood as a little kid before I ever even talked to this guidance counselor that, you know, look, don't, don't accept the, somebody else's limitations of you. And uh, so I was fortunate that I didn't accept that. And I, uh, I'm a first degree, I'm a first generation uh, college graduate uh, from a four year school as a result of that. Likewise, and that's a very powerful message. Now, can you explain to the audience the importance of obtaining a mentor? Sure. The yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's a great that's a great question. The you know we're we're there, there's a good poem called the Bridge Builder, and I would I don't have it memorized. Um, I would encourage you to look it up. If I had it in front of me, I probably couldn't read it and get through it because it's such an emotional, you know, little little piece of work for me but the bridge builder is really what mentors are all about there's so many people that have my grandfather um one of my grandfathers <clears throat> used to tell me um a couple of things number one is he used to tell me dale half of being smart is knowing what you're dumb at <laughs> which i think is pretty good advice um you know if i ever if I ever acted like I was, you know, a little, getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, he was a carpenter and he learned his trade during the depression um, in the civil conservation corps that Roosevelt put together to give, give men jobs um, and women. And um, he was an early mentor. And uh, what he taught me was that there's so many people who have already learned the lessons that you know why would we want to have to learn them ourselves i think it was eleanor roosevelt that said you know um why um <clears throat> why go through life uh making all the mistakes yourself when you can learn from the mistakes of others right and that's one of the early lessons i learned and so um i i think that's the value of mentorship is uh you, you know don't make those mistakes yourself when somebody's somebody else has already made them now i don't always um i haven't always maybe given the value to some of the lessons those mentors taught me that i should have because like i said i tend to learn the hard way sometimes but hey at least you know i i've got more context since i can say oh wow i get it now <laughs> that's why they said that um and it makes the more it makes the lesson just that much more valuable amen i love it now, Dale, what is your best advice to the audience of walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Walking with purpose and living a life of happiness. I think it's, I think it's uh, really three things. I think number one, um, I, I personally believe everyone should have God in their life. If, if not, then I don't know what kind of compass you've got. Uh, I just, I can't even wrap my head around not having that, you know, um, I, I just, I can't, um, for me, it's been a practically a lifelong thing. I mean, since I was 11 years old, actually. Um, and, um, 
So that's number one. Number two um, would be um, good, uh, good health. Um, you know, we were given this temple, whatever it is, whatever you have, uh, it's a gift for you. And I've been very fortunate. I've been gifted with uh, good health and uh, I try to maintain it. If, you know, uh, I, I'm going to go for a run here with my dogs in a little bit. <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty hot outside. So, you know, prayerfully, I'll make it back. Um, so good health. And number three would be good relationships. Um, and, and none of that has anything. I've, I haven't mentioned business. I haven't mentioned career. I haven't mentioned, you know, because <laughs> those things are not the recipe for happiness at all. I, I firmly believe it's those three that I just mentioned. Amen. Dale, thank you so much for sharing all of your principles, advice, and your tips. Where can the audience find you, Dale? Well, you can find me online. That's the easiest way to find me. To find me otherwise would be quite the scavenger hunt. But uh, Gigi, you got to come sometime. I'll tell you how to do that offline. I'd love for you to come visit. But you can find me online at uh, your7figurebusinesscoach.com. And it's the number seven, your7figurebusinesscoach.com. And, um, yeah, I'm happy to, happy to help anyone, uh, you know, in your network or audience that I can, I'm happy to serve. Thank you, Dale. And I'd like to take a moment to highly recommend you to the audience here and for them to go on your website, your seven figure and download your free book, the 90 minute business breakthrough. Definitely go and check Dale out for sure. And yeah. thank you again so much for being on the walk with me podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you. You're welcome, Gigi. Always good to chat with you. Likewise. Have a blessed day, Dale. All right. You too.